0: all right so it's episode 13 and it's amazing that you're on with us right now alex tuck um i didn't know that you guys had never met before this is so this is the first time you guys had met i thought in your time and coming to buffalo a few times you would have crossed paths with uh, old man river nope,
1: no nothing. you know what listen i mean Petey, you had a uh, younger brother uh luke tuck Yep. that lived with you for a full year and played uh, a year for the junior Sabres. And I got, I got a chance to, to talk to Luke and watch Luke dominate. I mean, here when he played uh, his time uh, with the Sabres, but uh, no, Alex and I have, uh, we've never met, but uh, I have been a fan. And uh, I'm going to tell you this, uh, my trade for you, Alex happened. I think it was uh, four years ago. So I'm ahead of the time, yeah. Oh yeah. Identified right away. I'm GM of the year for sure. I
0: swear to you when I say this. Back when we were doing the other show that you recently did, thank you for doing both our shows in one week, by the way. Uh but (laughs) Craig Craig said years ago on live air, the Sabres need to trade for Alex Tuck. This is back like in your first year in Vegas. So here oh, you are. Thank huh? you. And I even think, I even think off the air, Riv, or even on the air, he might've said, I would trade Jack Heichel for Alex Talk." straight up. That might've been said before.
2: Gee, that's, that's, that's steep.
1: Yeah. Listen, Just speak I mean, to the love. That's all. You know what? I, I, I watched you when you first came into the league and, and, and we all know this is this is a tough league to play in, and it and it usually takes younger players, first year players, second year guys to take a couple years um, to get acclimated and learn the buildings, learn the players that you play against, and just feel comfortable. And then they seem to kind of start to take off. And just watching you in in, in Vegas, you know, you have great size, you have incredible speed, you've got you know world class uh, you know skill set, you know. And, and you also play a game that I love. Like, I mean, you're, you're not just going to swoop in, in the, in the offensive zone and not make a body check. Like you play the game the right way. And, uh, I think you take pride in that, you know, good, uh, Western New York boy. And, you know, it was wishful thinking back in, in that day, you know, it was wishful thinking to think that we would ever get you just because you're that Western New York tie. But, uh, you know what? for for kevin adams uh to make this move um you know i think you know obviously pd we have a whiteboard uh we had a whiteboard at our last job and we were putting guys on the board and your name was always there for a long long time so but we started to give up on you that's when your game started to take off even more and we're (laughs) watching you in the playoffs and i'm like this guy's screwing things up he's screwing things up for us because we're never going to get him now but uh Anyway, it's great to have you here in Buffalo and, uh, you know, congratulations on the trade. Thank you very much. Great to be here. How are you feeling? Thanks for all the
2: compliments.
1: <laughs> I, I know, I know. And you know what, here's the thing,
0: Alex. Like, I, I'm not even going to pump your tires because, I mean, he could go another 15 minutes. I mean, Craig could be a pro scout, but, but you know, y- your game, your game's going to be perfect for Buffalo fans. They're going to love when you get back on the ice and, and they get to see you play, but, but that's enough of us, you know, tooting your horn here how you doing how's first of all like how's the the acclimation process going of getting you know accustomed to buffalo again western new york good
2: yeah yeah well it's a little bit of a change in weather that's for sure going from the desert to here but uh it was um i was reminiscing a little bit it was nice to come back and have the seasons again and have all four seasons and be able to see a I think the first uh the next morning after my girlfriend dog and I got into town, it was snowing. So that was uh that was good to see my 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 puppy there. He got his first uh first day of snow. So he was really excited. He loved it. And uh it's been a crazy couple of weeks, honestly. It was. It was um from the trade, uh to I actually ended up flying out here to look for some places for a couple days, like meet the players, um, meet the coaching staff, everyone in the front office and Um, and then I flew back, packed up my entire house and, uh, shipped everything out here and we flew back here. And, uh, right now we're in a spot. I think we're moving again on Monday to a more permanent spot and it's been good. Everyone's been very welcoming and it's been a lot of fun.
0: Take us back to the day of the trade. Like, uh, I mean, even the days leading up, there was a lot of talk about Vegas. Vegas was always kind of being discussed. When did you hear your name involved in the deal?
2: There was. And
0: had you heard rumblings about Jack to Vegas, like throughout this process, because players always hear, you know, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a week prior. Um, A week prior, I think, I saw like on Twitter, and if I'm a young hockey player, I probably wouldn't have Twitter anymore because everything's on Twitter. Um, But you're going to. I was getting tagged in different tweets and stuff like this about. uh, And then I saw it was like more serious, like things are heating up with. With Vegas and Eichel and deep down I had a feeling that if Eichels going to Vegas and we had this conversation PD I know we talk occasionally and um because of your relationship with my brother and my family and stuff so we had talked on the phone and you were like if if Eichels going to Vegas you're coming to Buffalo and we kind of laughed at it but it was I think deep in our minds like we had a feeling that that was uh going to probably happen so um there wasn't it was just a couple I, people it wasn't anything crazy like oh yeah Tuck's definitely going back and then but um I don't know there was other inklings of other guys and uh, everyone wanted to throw out their version of the of the of the trade and stuff like that to be the first one but we all know who the first one was because I think he might have been smiling that entire week was <laughs> the one and only Andrew Peters
0: <laughs> listen listen <laughs> I, you
2: and I didn't break it to him. That was not that's, me. I, that's the I truth. Did not right come the from truth. the tux. Was not from the not for myself or my family. So did not um, come from I the Quiet. But I woke up. I think the next morning. I mean, obviously, it was a very light night of sleep, and I woke up at like six thirty. And you would broken the news, and I'd gotten probably like fifty text messages. So it was <laughs>
1: it was a lot. Listen. So that is so big right now it's, it's just like give it a rest something uh, fell on your lap like, hey man he brought, brought it up he, i'm yeah. gonna tell you right now you're really not that good
0: <laughs> this isn't about me this isn't about me well Andrew. it is uh, actually
1: okay. is about you we're talking about you right now <laughs> no well listen you you referenced
0: our, our conversation and and this is this is the thing that i loved uh that you said and it's, it's amazing because I, don't, I, I didn't tell anybody that we had spoken. I didn't say that you and I had had a chat or anything leading up to the, the days of the deal and stuff. I, I told Craig one thing. I told Craig like, what you said to me after. I, when I just, well, you just said, I said, well, you know that if Jack's going there, you're, they're going to want you here. like You're exactly what Kevin Adams is going to want. Yeah. And then you said, and then you know, I asked you how you felt. And you said, you know what? I love it here. And you said, but if that were to happen, I can't believe that I'll be a Buffalo Sabre. And it's amazing because it almost seems like that's what people think that you're supposed to say. But you actually feel that way because of the pictures and the growing up here. And, and I don't want to go too far down that path, but it's like this is, it's a very, it's a very interesting situation. You're going from a dream place to play to a dream place to play, but not for, not for a lot of guys in the league, Alex, let's be honest. A lot yeah. of guys in the league are, are not keen on coming to Buffalo, but you are.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent and I And I, I know I've, I've guys talk about like, if you guys have modified no trade clauses and stuff, and I've talked with other guys before and they'll rattle them off and um honestly it changes per guy and stuff. Some guys have Buffalo, some guys that don't, and they're like and then they say Buffalo and they're like they're like Buffalo. I'm like, Well, that's that wouldn't be on my list. And I have a, a five team one that kicks in in three or four years or something like that. The last couple of years my deal and Buffalo wouldn't have been on it. it. It was it wouldn't even be close. Even if I had a fifteen team, no trade clause, it probably wouldn't be on it, honestly. And um and that's that's how I truly feel because it is pretty much coming home for me. Um, I already saw my family this week, and it was nice to see them. So that's how I genuinely feel. And a lot of people, when I was doing the interview, the first interviews and stuff like that and talking about it, I don't think a lot of people really were like – because, I mean, the last couple years haven't been the best for the Sabres. And I want to come in here, and um, I want to help in any way possible to try to turn that around. And so um, people were like, oh, no, you don't actually – you're not actually serious about what you're saying. I was like, no, I am serious. Like, this is my team growing up. Like, I lived next to Tim Conley. Um, I, I named all you guys on that 5 team, like all, all the conference final team and everything like that. I mean, that's, that's something that I was really um, – I watched every game in the playoffs. That, that's for sure. My dad and I, and I did it from the time I was five years old until I got drafted by Minnesota, honestly. The Buffalo State was my favorite team.
0: River, I'm waiting for you to chime it's, in. It's—I don't know.
1: I, it's kind of like I got little like uh, goosebumps on the arm right now. It's just so nice to—it's so nice to hear that. And uh, listen, I mean, Buffalo right now, and in, in the in the last number of years, they've struggled uh, to find that identity and, and and to move the needle forward. But uh, I'm going to tell you this: I I I am a believer in Kevin Adams. I think he is a very smart hockey man. I played against this, this guy throughout my time in, in my career. I know what he is all about. Um, I know him personally off the ice. He is, an, he is an incredible man. He is a guy that has played on a Stanley Cup winning team. He knows what the ingredients are to winning. And, uh, you know, I believe in in his message and his focus and what he's doing right now. With, with, this, uh, with this new team that he's acquired. And, and listen, I mean, they're going in the right direction. I, I, I think that the team right now that is on the ice, you can see that they don't quite necessarily have the Alex Tucks out there and the guys that they will have in the futures, the Owen Power first overall pick. They are going to have these guys very soon and there's guys that are in the minors that are in exceptional hockey players, very highly drafted players, this team will turn around quickly because the attitudes of the guys in the dressing room, the guys truly want to be here. The guys that are playing for Don Granado right now, you can tell want to be Buffalo Sabres. And to have you say this, and you will be a leader on this team. There is no question about it. Whether you like it or not, you're going to walk in there. You have an infectious personality. Um, From what Andrew tells me anyway, but uh, you know, like you are going to be one of the guys that is going to help galvanize this group. And it's just so great to hear you talk about you actually wanting to be here. And this is your team moving forward. It's a great thing to hear. You played for Donnie already, right?
2: Yeah, he was, I, I only played for him for one world junior tournament, but he was, uh, he was at the U S program coaching the opposite birth year, I guess you can say when I was there. So he coached the 95s and 97s. And I was a 96.
0: So what's your first conversation with him sound like?
2: Uh, well, it was a phone conversation. Um, I think it was the night that I got traded cause they were in Seattle. So it was still early enough, um, in Seattle that he was able, I was, um, I was able to talk to him on the phone and he was really excited. He was just, um, he was, uh, Saying that he was pushing that if we were going to make this trade, that he really wanted me to be involved and he was pushing for uh, for me ever since he became head coach. So that really meant a lot. And um, we, I, we already do have a similar relationship. So it's not like someone I have to meet. I know yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had a conversation what, with him in the past. So
0: does he but, tell you, does he tell you like what his plans are for you? Like what he sees you as? Like, I mean, obviously, as players, we all see ourselves as like I was a first liner in my head, but I don't know what, you know he probably sees you more as a, yeah. you're like, I mean, come on, you've been on the ice together. So no, but seriously, like, does he tell you like what the plan is for you, who he sees you with? Because you know, like, does he no. say Dylan cousins? Does he say Krebs down the road? Does he say any of these things?
2: No, no. He just, um, just says how excited he is to have me on the team and, uh, wants me to be a big part of the team going forward. And uh, there's no, I mean, you know, line line combinations switch all the time. You don't know who's going to be healthy, who's going to be injured. And obviously, I'm out for a little bit longer. But, no, we haven't talked about that yet. He's just um, just talking about coming in and just being a part of the team right away. And um, it's, yeah, no – I don't, I don't plan to talk to him on who I'm going to play with. He just – whatever he writes on the board. You don't storm
0: in, kick right the right door right open with. and say, this is who we're playing with this is who I'm playing with. I want that guy. No, that guy. That. You, you just said something interesting though. And, and cause we always talk about line combinations and even fans say, I wish the coach would coaches a uh, league wide, not just not Buffalo everywhere. I wish coaches would just leave the line combinations together. Like as if it was the seventies where you had names for lines that played together for years, do players nowadays, is it easier for them to adjust to, to constant line changes and different combinations Or was that never even really a thing?
2: I I really think it depends on the player. And it depends on the line combination. Some guys play really well together and have that
1: kind of
2: niche and like they it's hard for the coach to stray away from playing guys together. I mean we had the, the original misfit line I guess you can call it, with Carlson, Marcia so and Smith and they've been playing together since year one uh, like a couple of weeks in the year one so it was they never really got broken up but they produced consistently and, um, and that was that was a line that just off the top of my head so it happens sometimes but not as often Um, as it probably did back in the day, because there are injuries. There are trades. There's um, sometimes some coaches, like, switch up the lines every third game just to switch up the lines every third game and stuff. And I I think getting – It's
1: it's pretty simple. The teams that are winning don't really change lines. The teams that are losing, we've seen
0: a rolling of the dice. Alex is the only one here to play in a cup final, so he might be able to tell us. (laughs) that's true I don't yeah, know because we yeah. imagine mind. he's like oh we change lines all the time that year in Vegas <laughs> that year in Vegas
2: well certain so we actually I played mostly with Cody Eakin that year and then in the playoffs in the second and third rounds I played with was it or was it the part of the first round part of the third and part of the finals I was with Eric Hall and James Neal so we were switching um so I was on that like line two line three back and forth David Perron was in there he got hurt for a little bit it does switch sometimes and like you said there's injuries and stuff like that I I mean if you think about it I mean Tampa they have six guys that all play with each other maybe eight guys that play with each other honestly and that's the last one of the last two cups so I mean you never really know it. I, like I said, it depends on the team, it depends on the coach and it depends on the players. Some coaches like leaving it. Sometimes you have to break it up. So I don't know.
1: BD, I think we have to talk about Vegas closing the
0: book on Vegas.
1: We got to close the book on Vegas. We got to move on from, uh, from Vegas. But before we do, like, I mean, for me, you know, I played a long time in, in the league and, um, Vegas was not in the league. Um, when I, when I played and, and it's, it's obviously Vegas is Vegas. You know, it's the old saying is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But I think Las Vegas, there's so much more to that city than just like, you know, gambling in the bars and stuff. But how was the city? How was the restaurants? How was, did you frequently go down to the strip? Um, were the concerts, everything, the golf apparently is like in, crazy tell us about vegas and your time there
2: i i love vegas i um it was a lot of fun i we pretty much the whole team lives like 15 20 minutes off the strip i'd say so it's in the Summerlin area it's five minutes in the practice rink um there's a ton of good restaurants of everything that you can imagine not only on the strip but off the strip too um it, it was obviously a lot quieter off the strip, so it was nice. Like you can go and visit and stuff like that. And the first year we, like it, it's Vegas, and so like um, first year you you go down to the strip a little bit more, and everyone wants to come visit. So you're going to dinner, you want to get drinks and stuff like that. But and then as the years go on, we we didn't really uh, go down the strip as much, and um, we kind of stuck around Summerlin area a lot more. Um, and then COVID hit, so no one was going anywhere, but. it's great. I mean, you can get away from the strip really easily. It's right down, uh, right down the street. If you wanted to go there and go for dinner or have people in town, a lot of everyone stayed in the strip. If you have people in town for the most part, but then you have the golf, they have some of the, I think best golf courses in the world. Shadow Creek. I played a handful of times. It's beautiful. They had that, that whole event there. And then um, a bunch of us were members at Southern Highlands, which is an unbelievable golf course. There's also summit that they just had the CJ cup at. Um, that a couple of guys are members at. It's it's phenomenal. Um, any yeah, guys live?
0: Good. Any guys live on the strip? You don't have to name them, but do any guys live down on the strip? I think I I I think. No, I, and I you lived
2: it. on the strip. Can you
1: even do that? Can you even live on the strip? <laughs> yes, you, you can, can live,
2: live right off the strip. I mean, you could if you really wanted to. You could probably live in the penthouse suite at the Cosmopolitan. It would probably cost you a few million dollars a year in rent alone, but you could probably do it. But there's a, there's a couple apartment complexes that are like right next to the strip. That's like a two minute Uber ride onto the strip, right over the highway that those are like, those are, I, I, I don't know if you were, I'm guessing if you're in the nightlife or something like that, or uh, I I don't know, there's some, probably some big gamblers that live there or something like that, but those are like, seem like some nice apartments. So who
1: who had, who on the team had, uh, tell us about some nice cars. Like what were the boys driving? You have to, you have to have a few convertibles there. You know what? What were the boys driving? Yeah. Um,
0: what did you have? Like I, I remember Marchesno.
1: Marchesno. March no, no,
0: don't deflect. I heard you had a pretty sick car down there in, in it was old, okay. I had in an Vegas. Aston
2: Martin Vantage the last couple of years. It was it was fun. It was a fun <laughs> car for sure. It was definitely wasn't the most expensive. I mean. There is some expensive cars. There's a guy that has a Rolls Royce. There is uh, a couple of these, a couple of guys have, have gone though. There was, a, there's been a couple Ferraris, a couple Lamborghinis, uh, a few G wagons. I think uh, recently a couple Lamborghini Urises have been purchased. Those are very nice. Um, it was, yeah, you were able to ride. Didn't you guys have over- a team
0: Lamborghini or something?
2: I think' the first playoff game, some guy wrapped a Lamborghini in like gold, and I think marshy drove her to the rink for the first game, and they like made it all Vegas on the side okay. and stuff that's like that. what it that was, was
1: gonna that's, that's a, what yeah. I was talking about yes yeah
2: marshy's Lambo, they call it yeah like so that. would you that was-
0: would you guys would you guys know if a team rolled in? and went out the night before a game. Like, could you guys hear about teams that just came in and just couldn't resist? Like eating? how
1: many laser breasts were on the ice the next day? Just breathing. <laughs> Any fun? guys ever
0: lean over to you and say, Oh my God, our entire team is shit faced right now. We were at the, this place <laughs> until like 6am. No,
2: I mean, like you'd hear, cause I mean, we were the misfits. We, we were on every team. So every team that came in for the most part, we had a guy that played. So there, so it was like, it was like, Oh yeah, I know this, like, they had rookie party. Or like, no, they just flew in last night and no one went out. And I mean, it's like, it's Vegas. So especially the first year. Yeah, uh, but did you that, ever hear where a team tell me, if, tell me if
1: this happened. That you sacrificed that one guy that's on your team and you said to that guy, you're going to take these guys out and you're going to punish them. You're going to take them out. No, no.
2: Rocked our the status. City Vegas, the city of Vegas was like, we want we want like our knights to win so we're gonna like try to bring these guys out so like if they had ricky party they were sending over like free shots and like all this stuff the city got behind it we're <laughs> like all right <laughs> like we're gonna that would yeah not we're gonna, well, like, for me. Um, yeah we're gonna like give them like a couple free like a free bottle of booze or something like that to get them really going so then they have like a really late night and stuff. But I mean, most teams I would do it would take a couple of days. So you have like a rest day in between. But I mean, it is, it was, it's an attractive city when you want to blow off some steam and stuff like that. And then guys could gamble late at night too if they weren't drinking still. And I mean, it, it was, it's a fun city. But like, it was a lot. I think a lot of guys at first who took advantage of it, especially in the first half of the year, the Vegas flu was definitely probably a thing. But, I think it, over time it's calmed down and stuff. And a lot of teams still have their rookie party in Vegas for the most part, but I, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't, it wasn't like the first year, um, but there was, I See, mean, that even, used
1: to happen in Montreal. Montreal was the place to have your rookie party. Number one, you're paying the Canadian dollars, right? Yeah. And number two, like Montreal nightlife is legendary. And, uh, we saw a lot of red eyes the next day. And, uh, I, I used to love and laugh at these guys because you could tell that they were green. They were playing guilty. And that happened a lot.
2: Yeah, but sometimes that's better. I mean, I've seen some guys play pretty well playing guilty. God,
1: but... The best no, guilty I player mean... ever.
0: Craig, Craig and I were out till three in the morning one night in Florida. <laughs> four, in the, four, four in the
1: morning. Well, we outweighed Lindy Ruff. No, listen, we took care of the team that night. The, team, the boys went out. Craig was captain. We had, we had a great time, and you have to be responsible, okay? So, I sent home every single guy. I made sure that every single guy was home and, and back at the hotel for a curfew, which I think was 11. And uh, I think Petey and I picked up the tab. That which, means Craig,
0: which means Craig picked up the, pick up the tab.
1: I picked up the tab. And seven uh, times
0: more than I was that year, Alex, what, what
1: do you, slide I, I might've looked better, but I'm we sliding, had this over, I'm sliding Petey, it over to the rich guy. Petey, remember the band that was there? Oh yeah. They were yeah. from, they were from Buffalo. Tom were Sartori. Not? I'm unbelievable. Live what? band. Really? How do you know
0: that? They're from, the guy was from Buffalo. He was in the oh, world. Series of poker. He finished like seventh one time and won like 400 that's grand. Awesome. Yeah, so he was there that night playing randomly. We didn't know it was the Blue Martini. You've probably been there. It's a Blue Martini in Florida. It's all, it was owned at the time by a Buffalo guy. So River and I go on. So,
1: yeah, so we, we ended up uh, you know, staying a little bit longer, a little bit longer, meaning like four hours longer. And uh, we knew that uh, we had caught wind, and they were telling us that uh, Lindy, was- Lindy Ruff was sitting in the lobby, in a corner, waiting for guys to walk in after curfew. Little did he know that uh, he's dealing with two legendary veterans that <laughs> had an had a eye out for Lindy Ruff. And Lindy Ruff apparently sat in the lobby for until like 2 o'clock in the morning. And then we got the phone call and said that, uh, yeah, he'd gone up to his room and uh, we came home.
0: So we uh, waited the coach. So anyway, the next night, Craig ends up playing 20... How many minutes? Oh, I don't know,
1: 25, 26... <sighs>
2: 25 minutes. Like I got, it was, I got it was probably it
1: was probably about 20 minutes too much for me that night. But I'm going to tell you right now. Remember what we remember what you just said, Alex. You said sometimes playing guilty is the way to go. Well, let me tell you, I played unbelievable. He was, played unbelievable. You. he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. See, he how
0: many comes off the ice that night? I said, I was standing there waiting for the team to come off, and I was fist-pumping everybody, and as soon as I saw him, I said, how did you play? How did you play tonight? And he looked, he goes, oh, my God, I feel awful. And he just kept walking into his stall and collapsed. Anyway, that's not the point. Hey, listen, we don't have a ton more time with you. Let's talk about your physical situation. When are we going to see you back on the ice? How's the rehab going? How's the shoulder?
2: It's going well. It's progressing well. I mean, this is uh – pretty cut and dry rehab uh obviously i'm a I'm type of guy that likes to get back out as soon as possible but it's feeling really good um like i said progressing nicely i can't i'm not really allowed to talk about it i let uh i let management and coaching staff talk about that but it's it's going really well i'm i'm like i said progressing nicely and excited to get back out it's, it's been really tough to come in and not be able to uh to, I guess, battle every night with the guys. That's really what I was looking forward to coming to a new team is, is, um, I mean, you can be like, they've, they've welcomed me with open arms, but not to be able to go in and battle with them every single night. And it's tough. It really is. When
1: did you have the surgery?
2: Uh, I had it mid July.
1: Okay. So we're, uh, you know, and it's usually what a six, six, eight month, uh, recovery for that type of surgery. You're on six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I had I both my months, shoulders done, and and, and and the best advice I could give you is you you don't want to rush yourself back. You want to make sure that that is it, it's strong and it's it's good working order because uh, that'll pay off dividends for the long uh, for the long run. But Definitely. did you and your did you and your brother grow up riding horses?
2: No, no, we did not. I think I I rode one when I was like. Why are you guys like, so? Beautiful? How
0: are you so bulllegged? Oh. <laughs> Who's more that's bull-legged?
2: That's that, Do you guys have a competition?
0: A Do you guys have a competition and, like, try to open your legs and have, like, roll BOSU balls or something in between to so see you can get them through? Seriously.
2: That's a tough thing. My dad's bull-legged, too. It's is um he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't think a, I realized that. that. I didn't. Thing. yeah.
0: I didn't realize Carl was bull-legged.
2: Yeah, we're to- all very bull-legged, but uh, yeah, that's something that not a lot of people know. We are, we are a very bull-legged family, but, um, yeah. I, I always told my dad that if I wasn't bow-legged, I'd probably be like 6'6". six. six. I feel like I lost <laughs> a couple of inches. I,
0: it's true, man. Which, which one's your leg? Do, you, do your bro- you and your brother have the same bow-leg? Because it's just the no, one, isn't it? mine are both. Mine are both. Are they both? Because yeah. I think your brother just one just shoots out so far to one the side. One more than
2: the other, but he's both as well. So, it's yeah, huh. it's, that's just how it works. Yeah, but his, his was like one side was like more than the other. It's kind of weird. Are you
0: catching any grief for wanting to wear 89?
2: A little bit. Not much. A couple of people have tweeted at me and stuff like that. But, I mean, obviously, he had an unbelievable career here. He played four or five seasons here with Buffalo and yeah. he was a captain at one point. And so, it's, I it's tough. It really is. Um, but it wasn't a retired number so it wasn't completely off the table. I made sure I asked. I wasn't like, I want 89. I was like, is it okay if I still wear 89? Um, And Kevin Adams gave me the go ahead. And so I just wait. 89. Just wait
1: until you don't score a hat trick in your first game, and see the tweets after that. Well, geez, oh, it's like how about a little courtesy, thanks, Alex? Thanks. The guy
0: only thanks. the guy only got thrown in the trunk of a car six times in one day to get smuggled over here, and you're just going. It just <laughs> take the number, not a big. Everything error. he did to wear eighty nine on this are team. You, and are you buying this guy a Rolex? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing for him?
2: Oh, I don't even. Know. I think he's over in Russia now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got.
0: You know, what you I should do? go. Around. Hey, you should send him an autographed jersey, and say, just write, suck it, <laughs> Alex Tuck.
2: That is the last thing on the planet I would do, okay. 100%. That I hope might I get not, to meet him one day.
0: Might not go over well.
2: Might not go over well.
0: Don't do that. I All hope right. he's
2: not mad. I hope he's okay with it. Why, why would he be
0: mad? Seriously. I, I think I think the number thing is just so – Do you th- do Other you than think- 99, any numbers available. No. Look at but hold on. Pat Kane, think? Pat Kane was allowed to wear 88. Yeah, he was born that year. But hold on a second. The Big E is and always will be the only 88 in my – Kane's greatest American player ever right now. But as far as I'm concerned, when 88 was Lindros, nobody. Because you cannot fill 88 the way Big, uh, Big E did. Simple so, as that. So there's my theory on numbers. Wear 89 all you want.
1: Favorite player ever to play the game. That's just me. He's only one year older than me. But he he was something special when when I got to watch. Well, I was on the bench when he was playing a lot of the time, which was great because everybody else was getting cranked. But what a, what a player! Who, were, do who was you, your? Do you think that uh, do you think that eighty nine will ever be the in the rafters?
2: I I don't I I'm not sure. I feel like if it was if they were gonna do it, they would have done it by now. That's why I was I hesitated and I was like thinking I'm like. I feel like they would have retired it by now, so that's why I was – and if they decide to do it down the road, I'll, I'll reluctantly, but I will willingly, I guess you can say, give it up at that point.
0: Have you ever met Rip Simonic yet? No. Ask him about if you see him down there. I think he's oh, still around the team. Yeah. No, I
2: don't know. I don't think I've met Rip.
0: No, I remember. Well, Rip. When, you, when you meet Ripper, he'll tell you, Alex McGilney, from what I understand, I guess he loved his sour cream. Like when he came here, he ate so much sour cream, put it on everything. That's that's the Russian that's a Russian thing. Yeah. Because I I I played with
1: um um, uh, Kovalenko, the Russian tank. Remember him? Well, I do. I don't think I don't think Alex will. Oh my god, you gotta know, know the Russian tank. He's legendary. This guy would have – he would grab a great big steak for a pregame meal, and he would put sour cream that's probably that's right. about an inch and a half thick over the entire thing.
0: That's right. That's, that's what Alex yep. McGillney was doing. That's what I heard. Yep. What was it like growing up next to Tim Connolly?
2: What was he like? He was quieter. So Tim was 12 years older than me, so he was pretty much out of the house. By the time when, – when I started playing hockey, I think he had left for the OHL. Okay. In mean, that same year or year after and stuff like that, whenever he was back in town, I would I would, s- I would see him when I was younger and stuff. But then he started playing in the NHL and um, he was quiet, kept to himself. But, he used like, to pull up, up in front my... of his
0: parents' house in front of the blue with the blue Porsche. Well, yeah, exactly. did he have the blue Porsche? Yeah, I, yeah, he I, blue... I think
2: he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he um, he would show up occasionally. I think no, I think later on it was a black
0: Aston Martin DBS.
2: Maybe.
0: Yeah, that was. You remember that one, River? Yes. Oh yes. my! He's like, I got the one from James Bond, and it was the DBS from James
1: Bond. I think Roy Royzy followed Derek Roy followed that up with a with a Ferrari. I think so. But then he had to take it back because his uh, money guy said no, he can't have it. That's a
0: that's smart.
1: That's kind of what happened. That's smart. <laughs> Good play. That's yeah, awesome.
0: But I mean, like. If Tim Connolly were in the league today, I think he'd be one of the best players in the league by far. 100%. I have never seen hands on a player like, like Tim Connolly ever in my entire life. And I, I mean, I only played six years in the league. But I don't know who – I know, you Riv, you play with Kovalev. But Tim Connolly, to me, by far, stick handling everything. He's not
1: a player ever in the game. As far as I'm concerned, there's not a player ever to play the game that has better hands than Alex Kovalev. And I would, I would have this debate or argument with any single person anywhere. Alex Kovalev is on a completely different stratosphere.
0: Have you ever seen his videos, Alex, on, uh, on YouTube? Kovalev? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, unreal. unreal. Who was your favorite? Well,
2: I, who, who told me... That he used to go out at the end of practice. He like he wouldn't practice, and then at the end of practice, he would play keep away with the entire team.
1: Well, is that Kovalev? Yes. So there was a couple things that he did. So at the end of every single practice, you know how the team gets together and at the center ice, they, they all do the, the, the stretch in a circle. Yep. Well, he would sit there on one knee and grab three pucks, and he would feather a pass to try it landed on the net on the top of the net at the other end of the ice. And I'm not kidding you. When I say this, I watched this for a number of years. He's landing one of those three pucks. It's unfathomable what he does. He can do. And to go beyond that, after that stretch, some guys would go off the ice, go get treatment. Some guys did uh, maybe some shooting at one end, but he would always grab a couple guys. So, Saku Koivu, who is another wizard with the puck and puck protection, this and that, he, they loved to play together. And they would always ask a guy like me. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, man, like, this is awesome how these guys keep asking me to play, you know, this little <laughs> keepaway builder. game. And I really realized after, you know, that I never touched a puck, like, ever. I would have the puck on my stick for literally five out of a 15-minute keep-away drill, and I just quit after that because that wasn't fun for me. It's like that kid that just guys, got asked used to play and never what, got the ball. When, when Kovalev was actually
0: uh, morning skating, uh, in, like day of a game, guys would go out and want to watch just him. That's how, that's how skilled he was. Alex, who was your favorite player growing up?
2: Tim Connor. So it
0: was so – okay, yeah, so it was. All that's right. 10, yeah. no, no shit. All right. Well, good for him. Good for him. Have you seen him at all lately? Talk to him at all? Do you, you no, hear? I don't,
2: no, I haven't. I haven't recently. I think he was living in Rochester. And honestly, the past few years have been crazy for everyone. But yeah. um, our parents still live right next door to each other, so our dad's talk occasionally.
0: All right. So when are we? When are so? Tell us this. Wrap it up with this. Give give us a, a rough timetable of when Saber fans can see you on the ice, and are you planning it for uh, to be at home? Are you gonna do a a, a, a a grand a grand home welcome oh, or introduction. I don't,
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm next few months for sure. Obviously, um, I can't I can't specify. I'm sorry, but uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I don't know home or away. I just I just want to play a game. That's all I want to do. So whatever the team, whatever coach wants to put me in whenever I get cleared by the docks and ready to go. I'm sure they'll toss me in and, uh, that'd be cool if it was a home game. That's for sure.
0: I'm sure mom and dad will be there though.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I'll, I'll let, I'll let you know this time PD. So you can, uh, you can break that news too, just for you, buddy.
0: That would be, uh, oh, see that riff doing us favors any, uh, already. I appreciate it. Hey, enjoy your time here, man.
2: Thank enjoy you.
0: Thank you. Glad to be I here. Know. Thanks for the time, the, guys. The, the, uh, the, the feedback from people uh not that i know you say you, you don't want to check social media but the feedback from people about alex tuck in buffalo has been unbelievably incredible incredible. Been incredible so enjoy that and uh we we look forward to seeing you on the ice and i can't thank you enough for doing this alex seriously thank you
1: yeah Thanks, congratulations guys. alex
0: thank you i love that guy and uh the reason is um just the family background and I, I didn't want to like, that's the thing. Like I didn't want to make it about that um, because you know that his brother lived with me, but there's one thing I think you got to understand. Okay. So the tuck family, their mother and father, the boys, and they have a sister uh, twin. Luke has a twin sister. They just always raise their kids to, well, number one, they were great in school. But they raise their kids to be well-mannered and hardworking. Well-mannered and hardworking, and that's like I didn't. I don't know Alex like I know Luke and his parents. But I think you can get, you can get a pretty good idea of what someone is
1: all about by their family. I I cannot be happier. I cannot be happier for for the Buffalo Sabres because they picked up an incredible hockey player. They picked up an incredible human being for uh, a very young hockey team. And I'm going to tell you, to have Alex Tuck around the environment, he is an ultimate team-first player. And he is, uh, he is going to make this team better. I mean, the fans of Buffalo are going to be very, very pleased with Alex. You know, he is one piece um, to uh, a puzzle that's being built. And uh, just talking to him, talking to him even behind the scenes after we turned off the camera. What a respectful young man. And uh, he is really hungry. He is really, really hungry to put on that uniform. And that to me makes, you know, this whole thing that much more enjoyable because we know what we gave up. We gave up a very, very good hockey player. Um, but there's a new beginning here that's happening in Buffalo. You can feel it and you can see it. And Alex Tuck is going to be a very big part of that. You know, one of the things like I, you know, we didn't really get into
0: with him was, um, you know, captaincy and all this stuff. And I, 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 I do think, I know this can come across as a biased opinion, but it's, it's not when you, when you talk to him and you see the work and you see the player on the ice. And to me, it, it, I think he could be the next captain of the Buffalo Sabres. They're not going to name one this year. Okay. Dylan Cousins doesn't need to be the captain next year and two years from now. And he's been to a final. He's he's still young, but he but the way he prepares and works and competes, I you know, like I, I just think I think that's part of the reason why Kevin Adams brought him in here is so that he can ensure himself
1: a captain for the next few years. Too soon for that. Um, you know what, I'm gonna tell you right now. I I think that this team right now is so young. And I'm gonna tell you, thank the Lord for players right right now that are in this lineup like Gergensen and and Kyle Oposo. Say that again. Gergensen, <laughs> yeah. I said it. He's an old old older statesman. He's been around. Um Kyle I'm Oposo, happy to hear you say that. Kyle Oposo probably is the captain of this team, but he is, he's not wearing that letter, but he just understands he's happy to be wearing a Buffalo uniform. He is happy to be a part of, of helping kids, young kids. I'm talking kids. We got so many young guys in this lineup that it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it and they're learning and they're sponges. And um, to have guys like Kyle, in this lineup and have to take on so much more than just going out and playing the game every night. He is trying to manage a very young hockey team. He's doing a lot of things, I'm sure, behind closed doors that no one knows about and no one sees. And all I'm saying right now is to sit here and have – Alex Tuck, come in and slap a C on his sweater. You're just adding a tremendous amount of pressure and a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I just think right now, they will know, this coach, this GM will know who is the leader and who is capable of wearing that, that letter and, and helping this team move forward and I I don't know who that is going to be. I don't know who it's going to be, but we're gonna watch and it's gonna evolve and it's gonna fall on your lap and it's gonna be a no-brainer.
0: I gotta tell you this story about Luke, uh Alex's brother when he was living with me. So this this is this was I don't know how how early into the year, whatever it was, but they were leaving on a Friday morning early for a trip. Okay. And I think he had to leave. I had to miss school and he had to leave at probably like leave the house at nine o'clock. His, his bag, his hockey bag, his, all his laundry was washed on his own. He did it. His bag was packed. His sticks were taped together. They were sticks and hockey bag were at the door the night before. His travel bag for his clothes was packed and outside his door before he went to bed. Right and I remember I remember like him bringing the bag out and he's putting it outside his bedroom door, and I'm heading up to, to my room, and I'm like, "What are you doing? He's like, I'm just I'm packed, I'm ready to go, So all I got to do is wake up, shower, get dressed, grab my bag, and I'm go downstairs, grab something to eat. and I just thought, and I had an, we had two kids living with us there had another kid living there. such a talented defenseman I had with the other kid. Just approach the game differently. It doesn't make him a, a, a bad person at all. He's, yeah. a, he's a wonderful kid. And I love the kid. I like, he's my own son. Uh, uh, you know, he was with me for two years, but he just approached the game differently. He, you know, he, he would wake up the next morning and be rushing around the house trying to find what he needed and, you know, what's clean for him to take and, and, you know, where's this and, and, and he eventually was ready, but not as, as organized and prepared and as focused as Luke was. And that's just, yeah. and that's, That's just how they are that like, that's how they prepare. That's Luke learned that somewhere. Cause I didn't do that either. Like, and I said this to Luke, I said to Luke that day, I said, you know what hockey wise? I can't teach you anything because you're 15 and you're better than I ever was at 15. I said like preparation wise, I can't teach you anything because you're way more matured than I was when I was a pro. You know what I mean? And that's just, that speaks to, the subject that we're having today with Alex yes. Tuck and the Tuck family. So I just, I, I, I don't know. I've always kind of held on. I told Luke that story once I told him, I said, you want to know something? Here's what I remember about you living with me. And he was like, and he said, thank you for saying that. That that means a lot. And I, you know, like that's the stuff that sticks out to me as I look back and I think, man, I didn't do that. Sorry for wasting the air with that. I don't think. No, I right. listen of,
1: as a father, um, with, with two boys kind of navigating through the same thing, it's interesting. Like, you know, and I think those are just, those are lessons that you teach your kids. You know, I'm always about packing bags before making sure your sticks are at the back door ready. So that is out of the way. You don't have to worry about it. Don't do it in the morning and rush around and, and, and be chaotic. You want, you want to do things at the right time. And you know what, guess what? My kids don't listen. I don't listen at all.
0: I didn't but, listen either. But,
1: but let me tell you something. There's times where I raise an eyebrow and say, they are listening. They are listening. I have to tell them 10,000 times, but they're starting to, they're starting to get it. Especially the older one. The older one is really starting to get it. The younger one is literally floating on a cloud in another stratosphere because he hasn't listened to anything right now, but that's the age. The older one, He's starting to get it. He's starting to get things. And uh, all those things that I told him over the years and how to prepare and do things, do things the right way. I'm starting to see them now. I'm yeah. starting to see them because yeah. he's a little, he's, he's more mature and he understands it and this and that. So it's a process. It's, it's, it's parenting skills. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the talks have done wonderful things with those, with those two boys. Um, and, uh, listen, I mean, Buffalo fans. It's not. It's not, parenting can help,
0: it, it, it it's the lead the horse to water, but can't make you drink. Like my parents taught me, this is why I, this is why I, I related to Luke because he was 15 years old living with me. And I was 15 years old when I left home. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I never at 15 would have done that. Now my parents would have called me the night before and said, are you ready to go for the weekend? Are you back? You're packed or laundry done. Right. But I'd be like, I'll do it tomorrow this was done. And that's, that's why I just think it's like, it's, it it was a, it's a different train of thought. Like, you know, if my, if I were at my parents' house, my mom would have been like, let's go get it. Then I get off the phone, do this, let, you know, but he was disciplined enough to do it. So I just, I don't know. That's where I kind of, that's where I just looked at that. And I was like, man, I was nowhere near where some of these kids are now with the, with how prepared they are and how almost professional they are. It's, It's kind of irritating. To be honest with you, <laughs> it is the training and the warm ups and the, the diets and the shakes and the, Oh my God, these kids are, they're teenagers Riv And they're just, they're treat, they're they're acting like they're, well, they are almost like young professionals. You see it all the time. You see it all the time in the minor hockey circle, but that's a conversation for another day. But anyway,
1: that's enough of that great interview with alex tuck and i'm going to tell you right now the buffalo uh the buffalo fan base is going to be very happy with this guy that's a wrap
0: on another episode of after the whistle don't forget to follow us on twitter after the whistle and at craigrevet 52 at the instigator 76 and you can find us as you already know on apple spotify and youtube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast thanks for tuning in don't forget to spread the word